Welcome to the Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help leaders go further faster. On today's podcast, we'll talk about maintaining a healthy level of tension in your organization. Andy, today's topic is one that we first explored about four years ago, and since then it's really become part of the fabric of our organization. I guess the first time I heard you discuss it was in a talk you called The Opposable Leader. I originally named this talk The Opposable Leader in reference to our opposable thumb, the thing that Mm. sets us off, that sets primates apart from the rest of the animal kingdom. And essentially, the opposable thumb allows us to exert just the right amount of pressure to do things that, again, the rest of the uh, you know animal kingdom can't do. I can pick up a contact lens <laughs> with my you know thumb and forefinger, or I can pick up a baseball. And again, that pressure or that tension allows me to be productive in ways that, again, sets us apart. And so I think this is a great word picture for this whole idea of managing tension, understanding the importance of tension, because when you pick something up with your thumb and your the rest of your hand, you are creating just the right amount of tension to be mm. productive. And the right amount of tension, the proper tension, is absolutely necessary for productivity. But in a lot of organizations or, you know, with certain personalities, the goal seems to be to get rid of all the tension. So that's why we're talking about this today. And as you mentioned, we first introduced this terminology into our organization about four years ago. And I'm glad we're talking about it again because I think you would agree it's amazing how often this terminology around Um, tensions to manage versus problems to solve. This has become so much a part of our organization and organizational conversation. And we are seeing now the advantage of introducing that kind of language. My guess is that in every leadership team meeting, this comes up Mm. at some point. And again, it it created a category for us. And I I think we're a better organization because of it. Andy, I I bet the idea of healthy tension is an oxymoron for some of our listeners. They think, you know, if I'm a good leader, there won't be tension in my organization. Uh, Yeah, actually, I thought that for a long time. I really believe that my goal as a leader was to get rid of all the tension, make things Mm -hmm. smooth, make sure there were systems in place that, you know, because tension sounds like friction and (laughs) friction causes things to break down. And so, you know, I I would just run around trying to make sure there, there wasn't any tension and I was exactly wrong. And I think the reason I was wrong is that I confused two important ideas, the idea of conflict and tension. Conflicts need to be resolved. But there's a difference between conflict and healthy tension. And so that's why we created this terminology. That's why we're talking about this again today. Organizationally, try to resolve all the tension is the equivalent of cutting off my thumb. You know, I cut Mm. off my thumb and I can't create the pressure or the tension, but then I've undermined my own productivity. So again, it's, it's a fine line, but it's a very important distinction. In fact, Andy, you take it one step further and say a certain amount of tension is necessary for a healthy organization. Can you give us examples? Well, in, in our world, we are, you know, we're a church or a group of churches, but we are a production organization. You know, it's Sunday to Sunday, it's Sunday night to Sunday night. We just produce, produce, produce. So one of the tensions that we wrestle with all the time is the tension between excellence and resources. You know, uh, we want every production to be excellent, mm. but you can excellent your way into bankruptcy. <laughs> At the same time, we want to be fiscally responsible. We want to be good stewards of resources, but we could be so careful of our resources that it undermines our excellence, right. which undermines our attendance, which undermines our resources. <laughs> so either if you go to either extreme, you know, you find yourself in trouble. So which is most important, excellent or re- excellence or resources? The answer is yes. Mm. They're both extremely important, but it creates an ongoing tension. And we've discovered for our organization, this is a tension we must manage. This is not a problem that can be solved or even should be solved. 
And another great example I think that we manage all the time is the tension that exists in a matrix organization. Yeah, if you lead an organization where you have direct line and dotted line accountability and responsibility, then you understand this well. You know, uh, this is true with franchises. This is true uh, with banks. This is, you know, this is true basically in any organization where there's distributed work going on. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's all in in that in that organization, like in our organization, there's always a tension between the role of the corporate organization and the field organization. Both have important roles. Both have necessary roles. um, Both have certain values and a certain priority of values. But because of that, there is, there is an unavoidable tension. And if you try to solve that tension by saying one is more important than the other, then, of course, you risk losing the value of the other. So there's a built-in tension. And again, once an organization or once a leadership team recognizes that, then again, you say, oh, there's, there it is again, there it is again, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to solve something that, that again, and here's our point, that really shouldn't be solved. It can be solved, but again, I could cut off my thumb <laughs> and I've solved a problem, but I've created you know a lot more problems. Right. Andy, I think most everyone would agree with what you've said so far, but what do you say to those people who say, I've seen how destructive tension and conflict can be? Well, we all have. And I think when conflict becomes destructive, that is a personality problem. And in some ways, it's a leadership problem because as a leader, my responsibility is to make sure all the cards are on the table everybody's voice has been heard, and then to help people manage through the tension. And again, this is why it's so important, I think, for organizations and industries to identify this is a problem to solve, but this is a tension we are choosing to manage. Mm. Because what we've discovered in these four years is that once we dis- once we named, you know, identified and named those tensions, when those arise, it takes the edge off the conversation because everybody already knows. We know that you know you you are on this side of this issue, and you are to bring the full force of your personality mm-hmm. and resources to the conversation, just as the person on the other side of that conversation is as well. But when all is said and done, we've already recognized. This is a tension we're managing. We're going to stay between certain guardrails. I don't want anybody to quit arguing their point, but we've already recognized it would be – it would undermine our success to resolve this either way. Andy, you've given our staff three questions to ask to determine if it's a problem to solve or a tension to manage. The first is, does this problem or tension keep resurfacing? Exactly. Once a problem is solved, <laughs> it should pretty much stay solved. <laughs> but if you, you know, if you had a, an offside or you spent a couple of hours, you know, solving a problem, and every spring it resurfaces, mm-hmm. or every winter it resurfaces, or you know, every season it seems to come back up, then chances are that wasn't a problem that could be solved. That's a tension that needs to be managed. For example, in our industry, in the church industry, you know, in January. Every church leader thinks they're a genius, <laughs> and when June rolls around, they feel like a failure. Why? Because in January, people go back to church, and they go back to health clubs, and the vitamin shops are full. Mm. In June, everybody goes on vacation. Well, it would be crazy for, for us to decide in January, oh, we need to create more space, create more space. This is a problem to solve. At the same time, once June rolls around, it would be a mistake for us to lay off staff because, oh, no, the world has come to an end, and you know mm. people are leaving our church. Now, that's kind of a silly illustration, except for the fact that in certain industries and in certain companies, there are rhythms, and every organizational rhythm 
brings with it a certain number of tensions that have to be managed in the rhythm or in the business cycle of the organization. So again, once those are recognized, once you name them, then again, again, it takes the tension out of the conversation when things swing way to the left or way to the right. So the bottom line is if a problem continues to resurface, that is probably not a problem to be solved, but a tension that needs to be managed. The second question is, are there mature advocates on both sides? Right. When you're, when you're sitting in a meeting and there are people that you trust who are competent, you know, who are on opposite sides of an issue and they just kind of refuse to give in, then chances are you've bumped up against the tension that needs to be managed rather than a problem that needs to be solved. And that, that's when as a leader you say, OK, time out. Um, you're both right. Um, to let either of you win – is to undermine the success of the organization. So how do we manage this tension? I don't want anybody to back down. I don't want to talk anyone out of their viewpoint. This is a tension that needs to be managed. How do we go forward with that? So how does a point leader navigate letting both sides succeed <laughs> enough to maintain the tension? I was afraid you were going to ask that. <laughs> Actually, the goal is to figure out how to maximize the upside of each view and to minimize the downside. Mm. Maximize it because, again, if there's a tension, then there's a sense in which both sides are right about something. So how do I maximize? How do I leverage and get the most out of what they're both right about while at the same time minimizing what you know, would be the, to the detriment of the organization if we, quote, you know, let them win? So as a leader, I have to learn how to be an advocate for both sides. And if, and if, and if your leaders or the people that report to you ever sense that you really are on one side or the other, they will either be emboldened or they'll, they'll feel defeated. Mm -hmm. So essentially, you know, we need passionate people who will champion their sides, but we need mature people who will understand this reality. But Andy, what if you have someone who just has to win? That – person is probably a problem you must solve <laughs> rather than a tension you need to continue to manage. Now, to, to be fair, um, we've, you know, everybody listening has at some point had to sit down with someone who they love and respect and say, look, you know, you know, you're coming on too strong. Mm. You know, you're, do you want us to make the right decision or do you want us to make your decision? Wow. And that's important. Do you, are, are you only going to be satisfied if we make your decision or can, are you really trying to help us make the right decision? Because when we're in a conversation in that conference room, you're coming across as if your ultimate goal is that we see things your way, not that we make the best decision for the organization. Now, a mature leader will say, well, I'm so sorry. You know, I've overplayed my hand. Somebody who's just got to win, their response to that conversation is an indicator. And every once in a while, you run into a person that they are a problem that needs to be solved. Well, Andy, what is the most, I guess, common mistake you see leaders make in this process? I think the biggest mistake is not recognizing that there is this category. So if I don't recognize that there are tensions that need to be managed, then when I'm listening to a debate among staff members mm -hmm. or we're debating a, an issue, I think the most common mistake for leaders is to weigh in too heavily based on their personal bias. Mm -hmm. Because as the point leader, my words weigh more than everybody else's in the room. My, my words weigh 100 pounds. My words weigh 1,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. So consequently, I'm tempted to think like a lot of leaders that I can just wade into a conversation as a peer, and that's just not the case. So I think when you know, we find ourselves in a situation where it looks like this may be a tension to manage, we have to be so careful about how we weigh in. And really my goal in those situations is to keep the conversation alive to make sure everything is said that needs to be said and then to say, hey, I think this is a tension that needs to be managed. How, again, how do we leverage it for the, you know, for the sake of the organization? 
Because a leader that truly wants what's best for the organization will understand that they don't always know best. Mm. And that's really important. A, a leader who really wants what's best for the organization will recognize that they don't always know best. So they need to listen and then recognize that, again, this isn't about winning. This is about a win for the organization. I learned early on that it was best for me not to share my opinion too soon or in some cases at all in some discussions that I just had to keep my mouth shut mm -hmm. because depending on who was in the room, my opinion could end the discussion. My opinion could give such weight to one side of a discussion that the other side feels like, well, why are we talking about this now that we know what the boss wants to do, you know, discussion ended. So, you know, part of wisdom in navigating this is deciding when or if, you know, our opinion should even be shared because, again, the goal is to make the right decision. And one more thing on that subject. I think it's so important for point leaders to listen long enough to where they feel like they could be an advocate for the side that they came into the meeting disagreeing with. Because everybody, you know, when you hire great people, um, there's a reason they're arguing their point. I mean, mm. these are, you know, there's a reason. And until I can understand their passion and until I can understand what it is that makes them so adamant that, you know, they need to be heard, then I'm not really. I'm not even ready to wade into the conversation. It's right. what Stephen Covey taught us a long time ago. Seek to understand before seeking to, you know, to be understood. Right. And, and, and this is that. And, and again, when a leader can do that, I, I think that's when they recognize, uh-oh, you know, we've got strong people. You know, we've got you know, informed people on both sides of this. This may be one of those things that's a tension to manage. This is not something we can allow ourselves to solve or resolve. Because once we resolve it and the tension's gone, we've lost something. Andy, the last question you gave us to help differentiate between a problem to solve and a tension to manage is, are the two sides really interdependent? Yeah, this is a really important question because in most cases, they are interdependent. Mm. Again, if we decide, hey, we're just all about excellence, um, then eventually, you know, we put ourselves out of business financially. If we're all about saving money and we cut back on excellence, then eventually we have environments no one wants to attend. So right. there really is interdependence. And when you run into interdependence, you've run into attention to manage because that's the nature of interdependence. The, I think the arena where um, most of our podcast listeners can truly get this is at home. If I work all the time, I lose my family, or at least I lose my relationships with my family. If I'm at home all the time, I lose my job, and then my family wants me to go back to work. Why? Because these are two interdependent things, but there is a constant tension between work time and family time. It's a tension that cannot be resolved. It's not a problem to solve. It is a tension that every family has to manage. Well, Andy, as we end today's podcast, any final thoughts? My final thought would be an action item. I think this would be a great concept to present to your leadership team or your management team if you've never talked about it before. Essentially, just take some of this content, present it, and then ask the question, what are the tensions that we manage that we may have been treating as problems that needed to be solved? Mm. When you introduce the concept and when you create language around it, terminology around it, then this becomes a point of conversation, as I said earlier on, that, that may be a point of conversation in every single meeting because you've created a category, again, that takes the edge off some you know, contentious subjects, but at the same time creates terminology that allows you to leverage the upside of both sides to make the organization better. And when, and when you name it, when you create terminology, you basically diffuse unnecessary conflict and help create the distinction between conflict and tension. 
Andy, thanks so much for your time today. And just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. If you'd like to hear more from Andy on leadership, please visit andystanley.com.